What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Current Era Pod. I am your host, Julian, and today I have a special episode for your ass. Special episode. Uh, I know today's Wednesday. I know that. Julian, what are you doing? It's Wednesday. You only released Monday and Friday. Whoa. Yeah, the real reason I'm releasing today is uh, because me and me and my brother, Javar, we did an NBA pod. We went about an hour and 40, um, and I didn't want to release an hour and 40-minute pod on Friday. Um, and I couldn't release it on Monday because of the subject matter. It, it relates to All-Star Weekend and everything. So I thought it'd be a good idea to release uh, half of it for you today and then the other half on Friday. Um, just to give you a little buffer. So for the first part of the conversation you'll hear, we're going to talk about a lot of NBA stuff. Uh, the first subject matter is Kobe. Um, both of us discuss it. Uh, obviously, I had to uh, well, not obviously. I don't know if you guys listen to my opens and my uh, endings, but uh, for the last pod on the ending, I specified that um, I had to heavily edit this portion of the pod just because I was crying too much. I didn't want you guys to hear me crying because I think that's weird. Um, obviously, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think it's real weird when people post themselves crying on Instagram and shit. So this is kind of like the same thing. Like, why would I do that? Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, the subject matter just got to me like it always does. I love Kobe. So I'm probably going to cry every time I bring up his name. Anyway, we're going to stop talking about crying, start talking about the pod. So, yeah, the first few minutes, eight eight to ten minutes or so, um, it, it's a little heavy on the edit side, but it's just so you don't hear me sniffling and bawling like a little bitch. Uh, but I, I didn't want to completely omit it just because Jawar was saying some really good stuff about how he felt about Kobe and what Kobe meant to him. So I, I left I left it in there. Um, so that's, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, as it comes. But. Just be aware. Um, if it sounds the way it sounds, it's because I had to edit it so you wouldn't hear me. Anyway, um, guys, really fun episode. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Obviously, we start with the COVID thing, like I said. But the NBA trade deadline just passed. So we're going to talk about all the trades. We're going to talk about Miami getting Iguodala. We're going to talk about the Hawks getting Click Capella. Caw-caw, caw-caw. Uh, we're going to talk about how the Pistons just traded Andre Drummond for a bag of ice. We're going to talk about everything. So I can't wait for you guys to hear this conversation. Uh, really fun stuff, man. Really, really fun stuff. And then in the conversation that you hear on Friday, we'll continue the discussion. We'll talk about um, the Western Conference teams and the uh, NBA All-Star Weekend. And just we're going to give our picks and all that. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. Uh, Before we get to the conversation, I do need you to uh, hit that subscribe button. When you subscribe, you subscribe and you love me and you help me. And that's so great and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, subscribe to the Current Era Pod and um, give me a follow on Instagram at the Current Era Pod or on Twitter at Current Era Pod. And, uh, oh yeah, five-star review on Apple Podcast. And that's it, guys. Let's go ahead and get to the episode. Brother, what's up, man? We're back. We're here. Uh, brand new edition of the Current Air Pod. It's been a while since we've been able to do one of these. But, um, you know, for obvious reasons, we've had to take a break from doing these type of episodes of the pod. Uh, this is like the first episode that I've recorded since the incident that we're about to discuss. But um, before we get into that, man, what's going on over there, man? How are, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, you know, life moves on, and uh, you know, you have the the rainy, cloudy days. Next day, next thing you know, it's the sunny days. Or you have, a, in my case, a snowy, cloudy day. Next thing you know, it's a sunny <laughs> day. <laughs> Here in yeah, Atlanta, man. North Atlanta. For sure. For sure. Well. Um, there's no way that I can really get into it, man. Um, you know, obviously the entire world knows by now, but uh, on Sunday, January 22nd, uh, there was a helicopter crash involving Kobe and eight other people. Um, I want to make sure that that I say everyone's name because obviously Kobe meant a lot to us, um, but there, there were eight other lives on that helicopter that also died um so obviously john alvitelli carrie alvitelli and Alyssa, uh and an entire family devastated by this uh christina mauser who was an assistant coach for for the mob academy team um aria zobayan i hope i'm not butchering his name he was the pilot and uh sarah and peyton chester uh, peyton was one of gianna's teammates um and of course gianna and kobe were on that on that flight um Man, it, it took me a long time just to even process and be able to talk about this news. Um, obviously, you know, for both of us, Kobe was a Kobe was a hero. Uh, he, he he was more than just a basketball player to both of us. We 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 looked up to this guy. We we worshipped this guy. Well, I'll I'll, I'll I'll let you say how you feel, but speaking for myself, I absolutely worship Kobe. 
Um, I, I, I idolized him. He was definitely a hero of mine. And um, he tragically lost his life in this, uh, this helicopter crash. To be honest, man, it's still hard to believe. Um, I, I don't really have a ton of things to say because I'm not sure what to say at this point. But, uh, you know, Vanessa, Natalia, Bianca, and Capri, you know, my prayers are with you and the entire Bryant family. And uh, I'll pass it over to you, man. What did, what, did, uh, what did Kobe mean to you? What is his legacy in your opinion? Well, well, for personally, he meant, I mean, pretty much echoing exactly what you said. Um, I mean, some of my earliest middle school memories was, you know, fighting the good fight as a Kobe stand against uh, <laughs> all those Iverson and T-Mac fans and, you know, Kobe haters, Laker haters. Yep. I mean, that's, that's a huge part of my adolescence uh, and early adult life was, you know, just wearing it on my sleeve, like how much of a Lakers fan and Kobe Bryant fan I am and, you know, definitely was. So to say he meant a lot to me is uh, just a complete understatement. I mean, frankly, I don't know if this is a great thing, but in, in the lack of, uh, you know, male father figures, I mean, you could kind of look to a guy who, you know, is human. You know, he, he's had his ups and downs. He's had unbelievably uh, bad times in his life or, you know, uh, you know the whole, the rape case or, or the failures in, in the in the NBA losing in the finals or you know having bad terrible games stuff like that where it's been embarrassing to rock you know to be on that side but he always championed and came back and and persevered you know just just like that whole hero bounce back story is like really his whole story his whole arc his whole career is, is very fascinating in that sense um, and you know it's just sad man it's just I can only imagine, you know, like, how we feel, how we're so devastated. A lot of us Lakers fans and Kobe fans, I mean, just complete shocking devastation that's been, you know, at least for that full, that, that whole week. I think most of us felt that at least that whole week, maybe even, you know, longer than that for a lot of us as well. But just imagine his family and his, 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 his friends, the people who, his teammates, people who knew him, you know, people who actually work with him. Imagine his dad and his mom. I don't think they ended on good terms. I think they were still estranged they got to feel so much pain knowing that you know they probably haven't talked to their son in you know x amount of years um yeah you know and then you talked about all the other families i mean there's there's two kids who lost their entire family like their mom dad and sister so now they're orphans i think that was the altabelli family yes um um, and then gianna bryant i mean she was going to be a legend in her own right it, it was pretty obvious she was going to be a superstar. Um, she looked just like Kobe out there. I mean, it's <laughs> just incredibly sad, man. And I, I don't really know. Like you said, it's, it's not really a lot. Of, everybody's kind of already set our soliloquies. There's been people who's had stories, incredible story. I love that's one thing I've loved about this is just hearing all the, the stories on how he's impacted people's lives um, on and off yeah. the court. But mainly, a lot of it has been off the court stuff. You know, you never would have heard about or you never knew about. Um, he's just calling people that. You know, we're going through tough times or we're going through, you know, whatever. And just the fact that someone like Kobe Bryant's thinking about them and just knew what to say. And just really picked people up. Like, I think that's going to be his legacy more than more so his incredible basketball career. I think his 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 what he stood for is like inspiring people and his determination, like his never give up attitude. Uh, his, his I believe I can do whatever I set my mind to type attitude that he actually did like everything and everything he did in basketball and post basketball as a uh, as a father. Uh, I mean, he put 150 percent in everything he did, and I think we all can take something from that. I think that's his, his, the mama mentality. I think that's what's going to be his legacy as far as like how he impacted people, and people are going to always just champion that. Yeah, man, for sure. The mama mentality would never die. Um, Kobe, man. I love you. Uh, this is absolutely devastating. And um, yeah, oh, just so, to... I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't want to speak over you, but can you talk a little bit more about how you felt? Because you have been pretty quiet, especially that, that week. I mean, I was really worried about you. So talk, you talk <laughs> about some of your emotions and like how, to, how did it hit you when, when you first found out? I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, we just came out of lunch with mom. <clears throat> and you're probably driving, right, when I told you. 
Yeah. Uh, well, no, uh, Abby was driving, luckily, but um, when I got the news. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I, I, I couldn't control myself. I, I mean, I was just, you know, just crying the entire time. So, I mean, I, I was quiet. I never cried so much in my life, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just didn't have anything to say. I I didn't want to believe it. And with, with all the reports that were coming out about who was on the helicopter and who wasn't, and, you know, it went from four people on the helicopter to nine people on the helicopter. It was just, it was a lot. It was a lot to, to take in. And, I, you know, we've, we've spoken about this off air, but, like, I feel like I've kind of convinced myself that it isn't real. Um, even seeing... <sighs> it's tough, man. It's tough. I've, I've never... <sighs> I mean, is this? Is, I don't know how to feel about that too. Like, this hit me more than any. <clears throat> I haven't. Luckily, we haven't had a lot of family deaths and tragedies and stuff. But it's hit me harder than anything I think I've ever felt in my life. I don't think I've ever cried this much or felt this sad. I have felt this empty about something ever in my life. And it kind of it really scares me about losing a parent. Like, if it, you know, if it feels like this to lose a, a hero <laughs> figure, I mean, oh my gosh, yeah. So, well, I mean. That's pretty much how we feel. That's it's really, really much. Not much more to say than that. I mean, we're we're broken. It's been two weeks to this day, right? And it still hurts. Like, I'm 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 tearing up. I'm not. You know, you, you, might, you guys not be able to audibly hear me broken up like this. But just talking about it, it's tough. I kind of wish we saved it to the to the end, but <laughs> uh, it's tough. It's tough. And I don't yep. think anything would be the same. To be honest, I. Even watching, I think, I don't know if it's just because it's kind of like the doldrums before the All-Star break or whatever, but it just hasn't been the same, even watching basketball, even watching the Lakers. i kind of just been like, eh. Okay, we're back. Um, so, man, look, thank you for for sharing all of your memories and all your thoughts on Kobe. Um, it was a hard conversation to have, but it is one that, that we needed to have. Uh, I don't know how much of that I'll edit <laughs> and how much it actually get released, but you know, um, it's, it's definitely therapeutic for sure. But let's, uh, let's, let's try to move on, man, the best we can. And, uh, let's, let's get down to business here. Whew. So NBA trade deadline just passed this past Thursday at 3 PM. I think it was Thursday. Was it Friday? I don't remember. Thursday. Yeah. yeah, it was Thursday. So, you know, on the last part we did, we talked about how there was like basically no trades going on and how, you know, like it was like so quiet. Then all of a sudden the, the trade deadline comes and it's like trade, 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 trade. So, I've got those itchy fingers. Like, basically. Oh, right, come on, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a lot of deals to get to, man. Um, the the first one, uh, and the, this is this is one that I really like. Uh, it's a four team deal involving 12 players. It's a huge, huge deal. Um, the Houston Rockets decide to go small. They trade uh, Clint Capella and Nene to the Hawks. Um, Robert Covington and Jordan Bell goes to Houston along with the 2024 second-round pick. And Minnesota and Denver were also in the deal with other other players, but they're not important. Um, I, I, I want to say, so Denver traded uh, Malik Beasley and Juancho Hernan Gomez. I think they'll help Minnesota. So, like Malik Beasley had a pretty good game his first game yesterday. Yeah. Oh, so he, he's that, in Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what Denver got. I think they kind of just shipped those guys out. Maybe got some second round picks or something. Probably. Yeah. I think they had a decision to make because they paid Jamal Murray so much money. So I think it may yeah. be a money thing. Yeah, Beasley is coming up on free agency this summer, so they was like, eh, yeah, we can't afford this guy. Yeah, but man, look, um, this is a big deal. You know, we we as Laker fans saw the new look Rockets uh, on uh, what was it Friday, and uh, in, in their small ball, and Robert Covington, um, Robert Covington was killing us. So, um, give me your thoughts so first. I think that was Thursday. That was the night of the trade deadline. They did they made that move on like the night prior or something like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, give me your thoughts on the Robert Covington to Houston and their whole small ball thing. How how, how do you see this actually fitting with Houston? Well. <sighs> You know, it's kind of like a shock, shockwave thing. Like people are just like, "Oh, they just giving up on bigs. They're just gonna go small." <laughs> but I think it, you know, all things considered, this is an okay move for them because Capella, you know, he gets ran off the floor against good teams in the playoffs, in the playoffs. for sure. Yeah. So and they go small anyway. So 
I mean, and Covington is actually pretty legit, 3 and D guy. Uh, players, you know, teams respect him and, you know, stick onto him. He has gravity. And, uh, you know, pretty good defender. He knows his role. Uh, good contract. And, you know, at the end of the day, they could just find some centers. Uh, you know, there's like Joe Kim Noah out there. and uh, They still got Tyson uh, Chandler on the bench. Yeah, still got Tyson Chandler. got Jordan Bell. Uh, you know, so they could, they could find some guys just to give them some rebound and some size. Um, so... I think I, I like this move. I like it. At, at first, I was like, "What the hell are they doing?" But like, once mm-hmm. I thought about it and, and saw how they played against us, I was like, "You know what? They might have found something <laughs> here because they just gonna run and gun and just shoot hella threes and just you know just disrupt you and switch switch everything." Right um, now, the only thing I'm worried about with them, if I would be a Rocket fan, is uh, wearing PJ Tucker out because he's gonna have to do a lot. Um, you know, it's still 30 plus games into the playoffs and in the playoffs, so. They might want to watch watch his workload there, but I like this move. I think it also opens up the floor for guys like Westbrook, um, so it's just more space, and you know you don't have to worry about him trying to shoot. Just let him play his game and um, hit shoot his mid range shots and attack the basket. I think that'll be better for him, um, and I think it'll be better for the team if they kind of have more synergy there instead of just James Harden just trying to average forty points. <laughs> dribble, 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 dribble. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Kenny Kenny from uh, Inside the NBA made a good point as far as, like, James Harden and Russell Westbrook's game doesn't change at all. Like, mm-hmm. they're still guarding the same people. They're still attacking the same people. But now they have more spacing to do it. So I, I, I agree. You know, this, this I mean, it, it's definitely unorthodox, I'll say. But the move for Houston puts them in a unique position because what they were doing currently wasn't working. I still right, don't think exactly. that they're going to win a championship. I'm not going to get crazy. But right. maybe maybe playing this style of play, d- depending on who they play in the first round, they'll actually get out of the first round now. Uh, yeah, because we can agree they were kind of on a sinking ship. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody saw it. And, like, earlier in the season, I was like, look, they're, they're going to get eliminated in the first round. That's not a hot take. But yeah. I like the move. They're going to be running and gunning. Um, obviously, playoff basketball is a different thing. You can't just run and gun. They've proven that. So... Um, I mean, you know, uh, unless you're the Warriors and you got Steph, Clay, and KD, you know, that's a different story, but they're not. Uh, so, you know, we'll see, man. We'll see. But I, I absolutely I absolutely do like this move for the Rockets. It definitely enhances their style of play. Uh, like you said, they can switch everything. Um, you know, so this this, this isn't on a rush sheet, but the, the Lakers and Rockets game that we saw, you know, um, we have one of the biggest lineups in the league, if not the biggest lineup with AD and JaVale and then Dwight coming off the bench. And to me, we tried to play their game instead of playing yeah. our game, and yep. that's why we lost. What do you think we about that? Them. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. We disrespected. It was just like throwing half court alley oops and, and stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> just throw it into the big guys. It was like, come on, yeah. man, y'all just can't keep doing this all you know, like all game. So we had hella turnovers and just, and then that's also playing into their style, uh, trying to play fast break transition ball, just throwing it up court. Um, so yeah, I, I think to. Like good teams that are, you know, big teams like that, they're going to want to slow it down and pound the paint, wear those guys out. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't want to sure. try to play their game. So that's when it boils down to it. I think we just disrespected them. It's like, okay, we, you know, they're playing all these midgets. We're just going to keep throwing the ball into the paint. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, just making sure. Uh, and then the Atlanta Hawks, man, the, the Hawks have made a lot of moves. Um, they now have Clint Capella. Uh, they had Nene, but I believe they've waived him at this point. Because um, he has a hip injury or something like that, he's not even healthy enough to play. But they do have uh, Clint Capella, who I think has like maybe like a, a tier below All Star level talent, which is pretty damn good. Like a Lamar Odom, he don't circle type level talent as far as what he can do for a team, um, especially playing with Trey and John Collins out there in Atlanta. You know, I, I think I think that this would be a good opportunity for the Hawks and for for Trey to get somebody that can defend the rim and catch lobs and stuff like that. But What's your opinion on uh, Clint Capella going to the Hawks? Do you think it'll help the Hawks at all? I mean, obviously not this year, but... Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. this year is kind of <laughs> lost, but... um, And I, I think he's battling a heel injury or something like that, so he might not... He might be out for, like, another month or so, but... Okay. Um, Yeah, I mean, as a pure lob threat, vertical spacer, that's going to be great for the Hawks. Uh, he's, he's you know, probably about average or above average as a defender, like a rim protector. Uh, okay at switching out. Uh, you know, he's not, he's not, like I said, don't get your hopes up. He's, he's kind of a name. He's not like a superstar or locked in all-star or nothing, but mm-hmm. 
for the Hawks, I think he'll help. It kind of I wonder how that's going to fit with John Collins because they both kind of play inside. Collins could shoot a little bit, not great, but we'll see. Um, I mean, for them at this point, they they also like you said they got. I don't think you mentioned, but they also got Dwayne Deadman, Scully's BCA. So they mm-hmm. turned over like their whole damn team. I don't. I had to look at their roster. I was like, I don't know who's on the Hawks no more, <laughs> uh, and I still don't looking at a lot of these names. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but mainly for them, um, they. Just they need to build up their guards and wings because they got Trey, they got Jeff Teague as a backup, and I think they're good on bigs. So they just need to get their guards and wings, and they'll be um, competitive next year if they can. Let's see what's in the draft. Yeah, no, for sure. I like I like the move for the Hawks. Like I said, um, another Southeast team that made some moves. Miami, they I think they probably won the damn trade deadline. Um, Miami gets Iggy. They 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 won the Andre Iguodala sweepstakes. Um, they got rid of Justice Winslow, Deion Waiters, who they were surely to get rid of, and James Johnson. Um, Miami ended up getting Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, and Solomon Hill. This was a fantastic deal for Miami. Uh, they they are gearing up for that Eastern Conference playoff race with Giannis. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this because this, to me, this puts Miami as the second-best team in the East. Uh, in, in, I mean that, like, like, for sure now. I mean, obviously wow. – they were playing well. They have a great home record. I think they're like twenty-three and two at home. Um, I mean, and they're 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 only like a half game behind the, the whoever's number two. I think Toronto because they're on some weird fourteen-game win streak right now. But Miami Heat, in my opinion, is the second best team in the East. Uh, Philly, I just don't believe in them at this point. They've they've had long enough to show me, and they haven't. Boston, same thing. Don't believe in them. But Milwaukee and now Miami with this move, I think Miami moves into that second position in the East. What about you, man? You, What's your opinion? Why don't you believe in Boston? In a, in a seven-game series, I feel like Miami would beat Boston just because I feel like Miami has more veteran players. Um, and Jimmy Butler's the dog. I, I believe in Jimmy Butler. Yeah, okay. I mean, I I don't think they're like a lock for number two, but I think it definitely helps set them up. I got to see Iggy, man. I got to see how he plays because, you know, it's been for a sure. while. For sure. For um, sure. And I don't feel great about if I was a Heat fan about giving him a two-year extension. <laughs> uh, well, the, the second year is a player option or a team option. True. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, man, how how about Andre Iguodala? Like this dude needs to write a book on how to finesse. <laughs> He's been sitting out all year, just going on TV, like yeah, you know, whenever I get traded, you know, blah blah blah. Meanwhile, right. the Grizzlies actually <laughs> competing for the eight seed, and I'm here mad at him. Uh, He's just like yeah, whatever, y'all. F, F, F these F these kids F the all young young, young dudes I ain't playing with y'all y'all ain't good enough basically. Um, then he gets traded to a playoff team in Miami and gets an extension. I mean, man, like finesse God. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it is a good move for the Heat. All things considered, if you know Iggy can play, uh, I, I like Crowder for them. You know, they're actually about to trade Crowder and Hill in a pick for uh, Gallinari. Now, if they would have got Gallinari, that would have been tough. I, 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 I might have said they could maybe beat the Bucks, to be honest. Oh, okay. You know, outside shot. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all in all, I like this move from Miami. I, I like that they're going for it. I like their team, man. They, they, they got a whole bunch of dogs, but they got young talent at, uh, with veteran talent um, and a championship culture. So they're back, man. If, whether, whether it's, uh, you know, they go far this year or not, you could tell that they're lining up for big moves and free agency and trades for the future. Yeah, man. For sure. uh, Just like you, I I like it. I like Eric Spolstra, Pat Riley, Miami Heat culture. I'm I'm down for it. So it'd be great if if they can give Milwaukee a run for their money because it it was looking like Milwaukee was just going to be the Cavs and they were just going to run through the East and, you know, sweep sweep every series. So hopefully this uh, will put some excitement back in the Eastern Conference if Philly decides to not get it together. Uh, But what about Memphis, man? Yeah, I was go ahead, say, go what ahead. do you think about Memphis side? Because yeah. why'd they do this? <laughs> what well, do they want waiters for if they're just, just to wave them? them? Yeah. What's the point? Uh, uh, it sounds like it, it had to match up with contracts, and maybe they really wanted Winslow, and they, they had to get rid of Iguodala somehow. So they were like, hey, you know, take Crowder and Solomon Hill, too. I, I don't know. Crowder but, was helping them. And he was. that thing Hill was playing, too. So, yeah, I mean, these are guys yep. that kind of made their team worse, but. I guess at the end of the day, they don't really care about if they make the playoffs this year because they're rebuilding. It's kind of found money, but yeah, 
They're playing with house money, as they say. Yeah, for sure. Dude, this next trade was just I don't I don't get it. Um, but Detroit decided to trade Andre Drummond to the Cavs for John Henson and Brandon Knight. Uh, I get it. Oh, what's it's happening? funny, but I get it. The Pistons weren't trying to keep Drummond because he he's got a player option. It was like, uh, no, bro, like we don't. You need to go. Like <laughs> we, we we're not <laughs> we're not trying to have you back just to be in this doldrums again. They tired of being in the middle or being at the bottom with this roster. So, and Blake Griffin, you know, unfortunately, that's pretty much un, untradeable contract right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Reggie Jackson, you know, pretty much more the same. So really, the only guy that made big money that they could get off of was Drummond. So. That's mm. why they were talking about trading him to the Hawks or wherever. They just trying to get off his salary. They don't want him to to opt in next year. Right. And then for the Cavs, I mean, it's kind of just like nobody's going to come to Cleveland anyway. So, you know, <laughs> it's kind of just like if, if if Drummond comes and if he stays, cool. If not, then whatever. They didn't give up much for him. So, yeah. you know, if he stays, then Tristan Thompson leaves. Okay, well, we'll roll out here with Drummond and Kevin Love because Kevin Love is stuck. So we might as well <laughs> – you know, just go try to build a team for next year and see what happens. So, I get it. It's kind of just a flyer. Mm. Yeah. So he he has a player option for this summer, so he can opt out and become a free agent this summer. Yeah, but ain't nobody his his option is twenty eight mil, right? So like, oh, ain't nobody paying him that next year <laughs> this summer. So the Hawks might probably. Gonna, I think the Hawks have twenty six this summer. They got Capella. Once they got once they traded for Capella, it's like what what they get drumming for? Okay, true. I guess true. Yeah. Mm. Oh well, sorry, other gentlemen. So, Dang. Yeah, I feel I feel for him because he's definitely just went for traded from one lost island to another. <laughs> but you know, if he's he's got his own destiny in his, hand, in his hands, I mean, he might have to take a you know annual pay cut because mm-hmm. um, he I don't think anybody's gonna pay him that twenty eight mil. But he could go somewhere else, some to a winning team, you know, make eighteen mil, fifteen mil. That's a big pay cut, but. I don't know. I staying in Cleveland on a bad team. I, I don't know if I could do it again. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, one destination that needs a center is the LA Clippers. And that's what we're talking about next. Um, they got Marcus Morris from the New York Knicks. Uh, the Clippers also received uh, Isaiah Thomas, who they ended up waving. The Knicks got oh, Mo Harkless. I know, right? Poor Isaiah Thomas. The Knicks got Mo Harkless and a first rounder. Washington gets Jerome Robinson, whoever that is. So, I got something to say about Marcus Morris. Bro, Lakers Twitter was acting like this dude was fucking Kobe. Like, they were like, oh, he's 30 and 50. Like, bro, Marcus Morris is not this good. Like, he's. Not just Lakers Twitter. Like, all these. Everybody. Like, yeah, everybody you're right. Like this dude is like Rasheed Wallace or something. Like, he's like the big, <laughs> a big move that's turning the title, turning, you know, yeah. the, the, the tables on, on the championship. Like, it was it was wild. Um, so you know he's a good great player. for the Clippers. He is, you know, he's he, he's solid, but he's not he's not a Pau Gasol like trading at the deadline. Oh, they're about to compete right. for a championship. Right. Uh, but give give me your thoughts on this entire trade, man. How how do you see all this shaking out? Well, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, this feels to me more like a keep away move because they didn't need Marcus Moore. He doesn't feel any need for them at all. Nope. They needed a center or. Like more playmaking. Why would they get another ball stopping, uh, you know, three and D four <laughs> or whatever, whatever you want to call it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll see how it works. That's just another guy taking shots from Kawhi and Paul George and Lou Williams. I mean, it's only one basketball with no mm-hmm. p- no real point guard. So um, we'll see. I, to me, it's just kind of like. Is it really that much of an upgrade going from Harkless, who knows his role and plays defense and stays in the corner, to Marcus Morris, who shoots every shot he gets and gets technicals and you know just starting <laughs> start stuff? I don't know. We'll see. But he's a good player, so it's, some, it's something to be said about just getting as much talent as possible. But you don't want to have a situation where guys are unhappy because they're playing only 20 minutes when they're used to playing 30 minutes and taking 20 shots with the Knicks. Right. Which is probably um, what's going to end up happening. Well, you can only hope. Uh, and then <laughs> I was hoping that the Knicks would buy out Harkless, but it sounds like they're keeping him, which is annoying. Um, and then Jerome Robinson, the, the the Wizards boy, they just be getting all these little fringe uh, <laughs> talent from from LA teams. Like, eh, we're just gonna build our whole team with like second rounders from the Lakers and Clippers. And so. Yep. Um, Bonga. And then like I said, right, Bonga, Mo Wagner, uh, 
Like they got Thomas Bryant. Who else? They got Isaiah Thomas. Damn it. No. Yeah. Well, they did. Yeah. Which you know, like like I said while you were talking, the RIP because I think this is a wrap for him in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, he's been a couple of years overdue for China. <laughs> but I, I'm not even trying to be funny. Like he is sad watching him out there. Like he's so bad, especially on defense. He's just he's just <laughs> it's like having a kid trying to guard people. It's it's funny in that sense, but. He's useless on defense, and then he's just not good enough anymore on offense. Mm, he, mm, he's he's shooting okay now from three, but that's about all he can do is hit shots. He can't really get to the rim no more. It's it's just sad. Yeah. What about what are your thoughts on all this? I mean, I kind of yeah no it. yeah. So I, I'll, I'll start with Isaiah Thomas. You know, to be honest, I was like, yes, he's going to the Clippers. Like, good for him. Hopefully, good for, you know, good for he, us. Hopefully, he sabotages. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping they kept him. <laughs> Nah, man, I, I want I want Isaiah Thomas to be in the league, and I, I want him to do well. So I was like, you know, good for him. Hopefully he'll get an opportunity. Um, and then they waved him. I was like, oh, So, yeah, he's he's probably headed to China or Turkey or somewhere. Um, the the Marcus Morris thing, like I said, I, I, I don't think he'll be that great of an addition for the Clippers. Um, I mean, I guess a keep away from the Lakers makes sense, but with the Lakers trying to give up, what, Kuz and Danny Green, I was like, we shouldn't do that yeah. anyway. So, I don't think that was ever happening, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that we didn't do that. Um, Harkless going to the Knicks, whatever. Um, you know, poor 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 Mo Harkless, but he was about to win a championship, quote unquote. Now he's uh in New York, so yeah, sucks for him. I saw a quote saying he loves it out there because I think he's from New York, so he, oh okay, he says he's happy with it. <laughs> sure, okay, good for him. Uh, next one, Warriors, Warriors and the Wolves. Uh, the D'Lo for Andrew Wiggins swap. So, man, this is something that we've talked about in the current era pod since they made the deal for D'Lo. Since they signed sense, to right? that Mac is still, huh? Go ahead, sir. No, I was just, uh, since, since, since the Warriors signed him to that Mac extension, both of us were just like, uh, they're going to flip him. Like, <laughs> they're going to flip him. They're going to trade him. And lo and behold, trade deadline, he's gone to Minnesota for Andrew Wiggins. Um, to be honest, I like it for both sides. Um, yeah, me too. D'Lo finally gets to play with his boy in Minnesota. Um, he's, he finally gets to play with Carl Anthony Towns. Poor Devin Booker is just just <laughs> so salty and angry right now, but he'll get his chance to go to Minnesota and play with them. Um, and Andrew Wiggins for Golden State. Can you imagine a Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and Looney or whoever? Uh, Ka- uh, what's their center's name? Um, damn, I forget. But anyway, that that lineup would be great for them. I mean, he, Marquise Chris or whatever. Yeah, Marquise Chris. There we go. He could uh like that that five man lineup, like Andrew Wiggins could be what Harrison Barnes was. I think people forget how good and valuable Harrison Barnes was in those in that 15, 16 season. Um and I also think people are forgetting how good Stephen Clay were and Draymond in that 15, 16 season. So, you know, the Warriors are gonna be back next year. Um as for Minnesota. Hopefully they pull it together and they can make the playoffs next year, but we'll see. But I, I do like to do it for both sides. What about you? Yeah, you also forgot to mention that the Warriors also get in Minnesota's pick next year, top three protected, yes. and, uh, and also their second-round pick. So <laughs> I think that's going to be a good pick. <laughs> Frankly, I don't see – like, I think it's a win-win trade, okay, because – the Wolves, they were in dangerous territory. Towns, <laughs> Towns about to damn near demand a trade himself if they didn't do something. Yeah, um, he probably did. Yeah, so, I mean, they weren't going to trade him because it's year one of a five-year extension, but it could have got really ugly quick. Um, and, you know, they, they've been chasing D'Lo all year. Like, like yep. it's crazy. Like, they, they love this guy. So, good for D'Lo to go somewhere where they just want him so bad. I mean... Hopefully he finds a home there because he's been getting passed around like crazy. Like for someone who is actually getting better every year and you know is developed into a pretty good player, all things considered, he mm-hmm. he, he, he kind of doesn't get treated like that. People kind of treating him damn near like Wiggins, where Wiggins is just the same guy all his career. Yeah, but Wiggins, I think, is going to be great for the Warriors because. He's now going to a spot, instead of being the first or second option, he's now, what, fourth, third, third at best option. At best, yeah. Um, and, you know, fourth in notoriety. He probably won't really ever have to speak to the media too much and, you know, doesn't have the shoulder, I mean, the 
the franchise on his shoulders, you know. He can pay good money just to kind of just go out there and ball. And that's kind of seems like his, his vibe. He just, you know, he just want to hoop. He don't really seem like a guy who want to be a star, want to be in the limelight like that. Um, and really, he just got to do his, what he does. I mean, he doesn't have to play outside of his role or be anything more than what he is, other than try to play better defensively on a consistent level. But he could play his game. I mean, they've got staying uh, Clay and Steph uh, spreading the floor and, and creating all this gravity and, and space for him. All he's got to do is just be an athletic wing and run the floor and cut and you know try to make better reads. But I think he's going to fit well, man. I think, uh, like I said, it's a win-win for both teams. Um, I mean, we'll see. Uh, the Warriors, they might end up getting, with this pick, they might end up getting another center, like Wiseman or something, or they might end up trading both of these picks and Wiggins for another star. I mean, it's kind of... <laughs> I kind of, I like I like it for the Warriors because they're they're one hand they're built they're accumulating assets and they're getting a positional fit. Like you said, when they got D'Lo, I was even even I'm as a somewhat D'Lo fan, I was like, eh, I try to be optimistic about it, but I, I didn't really see long term how they're going to fit when Clay got back. I thought for this year, yeah, run Steph and D'Lo out there and see what happens, and it's going to be rough defensively, but you know you can see how it fits and try to build up his value and trade him because I knew at some point they're going to have to trade him. Now, I, I probably would have held off this summer and kind of waited to see if the Sixers was going to, you know, <laughs> keep sinking and blow it up and make a trade for Ben Simmons or something. But, <laughs> hey, maybe they they felt like, uh, you know, Wiggins will fit better with what they have and they want to get a 30-game flyer. And and maybe that, that deal will still be out there in the summer for the Sixers if, if that happens. And for now sure. they have an extra, extra couple picks to throw in. Yeah. No, I totally, I totally agree, man. Um, so speaking of D'Lo for a little bit, I totally forgot that he's been on like what this is his third team. Let's see, Lakers, Nets, Warriors, and now Timberwolves. Team in five years. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of crazy for a number two pick, but um, yeah, you know, like even you said, though I was, he's, got, he's getting better every year. It's not like he's yeah. a bum. No, 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 no. He's not a bum. Um, he's just not who the Lakers should have picked. But that's okay. That's neither here nor there. Now it's <laughs> over. I'm I'm over it. It's over. So uh, shout out to D'Lo, man. Hope you're hope you're happy. I, I know you're listening, by the way. Hope you're happy in uh, Minnesota with your boy. Um, so there, there there were a few more under the radar deals that went down. Um, one which Philly, I, I don't get what the hell they're trying to do, but they picked up Glenn Robinson the third and Alec Burke. Um, they sent picks to Golden State, uh, and they also traded away James Ennis, who was starting for them at one point uh, for another 2020 second round pick. So, uh. They called this a move to to uh, stack up their bench, but what? Like <laughs> Philly, Philly has more problems to worry about than their bench. Uh, they've got a starting lineup problem, but maybe we're the only ones that see that. So, uh, what's your opinion on this move, man? Well, I, I like the move uh, getting Glenn Robinson in the third and Alec Burks. I mean, yeah, I, I think that's going to do what they intend on and getting their bench better. But it's almost like Elton Brand and them they. They're trying maybe to ignore it. Think, well, maybe they think, that, you know, we got all this talent. It's up to Brett Bound to make it work. That, oh. that seems to be what the, where they're at at this point. Because they're stubborn about their, their, their roster and the moves that they made. And no matter how many bad moves they've made in the last year or two, they, they, they stick into it or mm-hmm. just compounding the issue. So it's almost like they're trying to run Brett Brown out of here to me. That, that's the only thing I could think mm. of. Because they, they didn't do any. They, they needed shooters. <laughs> they needed they needed a lot really, but they should have did they should have done at least got some shooters if they weren't gonna blow it up and make a major move like trading Horford or Ben Simmons or you know something. Um so I don't think this is enough, but I, I, I think this is gonna do what they intended. Which is sure of their bench. Yeah, I mean these are good players. They they were playing on the worst team in the league, but they they're pretty good. Alec Burks is okay and Glenn Robinson the third is also okay. They, they do what they do, kind of like mid-range slashers. They're not really shooters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they can play. They're okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. You know, I, I I said it earlier when we were talking about Miami and uh, Miami and Milwaukee, but, you know, Philly, for me, has kind of fallen out of that upper echelon of, of teams in the Eastern Conference. Obviously, they have the talent, but it's almost 50 games into the season. Or I think it's past 50 games, and they haven't put it together. Like, at this point, Philly has to show me. Um, I don't. I don't believe in, in waiting for the playoffs to get your shit together. 
I think that's a recipe for for disaster. So right now they're 32 and 21, uh, five and five in their last 10. They're still dominant at home, but they're terrible away. So, I mean, they're they're 13 and a half games out of the number one spot. That's pathetic. Uh, but whatever, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully they can get better as the season goes on. Maybe they just need the All Star break like last year, because I think last year they went on like a 20 and two run after the All Star break. So maybe they're just a uh, after All Star break team. Um, but I, I guess we'll find out. Man, I think the only thing they can do is like just if they're going to ride it out is when it comes to the playoffs, they're going to have to be pretty stringent about, OK, I'm sorry, Al Horford, but you just you just not going to play this game or the series or something like to, <laughs> or, or hell, uh, Joel Embiid, if, if, if depending on the matchup, like they, they might have to do something like some they have to sit one of these guys out for spacing, I think, or, you know, in fourth quarters or at least there's going to have to yeah. be some hard decisions that's going to have to be made. Ben Simmons, if depending on the matchup, you know, something some guys will have to sit out because they've got the talent. It's just a matter of like, okay, is Brett Brown gonna put his foot down since guys aren't fitting or doing what they're supposed to be doing? Uh, he's gonna have to make some some, some tough moves because I think either way, his he's on the X, like his his seat is hot. So yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna see some desperation, some wild stuff. That I think they're gonna be a glorious flame out either way. Might even be the first round. Mm. Depending on matchups, you could be right. Mm-hmm. Um, Dwayne Detman, we talked about him earlier, but he's been asking for a trade from the Kings for pretty much <laughs> the past two or three months. Um, was he like the worst player to demand a trade ever? Like, um, maybe he could be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's 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 gone to the Hawks. The Hawks gave up on Jabari Parker midway through the season and Alex Lynn. Uh, and they sent his ass to Sacramento and Scott Labissier, how the hell you say his name, uh, was also picked up from Sac for cash. So again. You know, I'm happy for the Hawks just because obviously we live here in Atlanta. So, like, it's, it's good for the Hawks to put forth a team that makes me want to go see them. Uh, this isn't going to make me want to go see them. But, you know, maybe once they put it all together, uh, it could. So, I'm, I'm happy that the Hawks are getting assets. I feel bad for Jabari Parker. Uh, just like D'Lo, this dude has been on a number of teams in a number of years. Even though it's not really his. I mean, he's been hurt most of his time. But, you know, he's, he's a good player, former number two pick. But he just can't seem to find a home anywhere um i don't think he's that good to be honest oh yeah i mean he's just kind of just a scorer and that's it he, but he's not an efficient one he doesn't play any defense he kind of just <laughs> is what he is and i, I don't want to say he's a bust he's, he's a he's a okay player but i don't think he's ever gonna even be close to living up his potential damn okay which is sad because i liked him a lot coming out of college but yeah i remember injury, injuries kind of messed him up yeah. Was was he in the Wiggins draft? Yeah, he was number two behind Wiggins, number three okay. behind in front of uh, Embiid. Oh, that draft. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Charlotte. Charlotte Hornets are buying out Michael Carter. Wow, Michael Carter. <laughs> Michael Kidd Gilchrist um, and Marvin Williams. So they're giving up on MKG when they drafted him in like 2011 or 12 or something like that. Um, number two pick. Yeah, also a number two pick. He was never that good, honestly, mm-hmm. but... You know, MKG is expected to sign with Dallas. Uh, Marvin Williams, uh, old Atlanta Hawk. I didn't know he was doing the league. Um, he's going to sign with the Milwaukee Bucks. What's your take? I mean, both of those guys aren't even playing this year, so whatever. <laughs> I think it's Marvin weird. Williams could be a, a decent, uh, you know, 3 and D stretch four now. That's kind of where he plays. Um, but MKG, man, he's he sucks. I mean, sorry. but <laughs> Is, is the number two pick cursed? I mean, it come on. It seems to be, bro. Like, the only good ones are Durant, really. Durant, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, wow. I, you know, Brandon Ingram, I guess you could count him now. Mm-hmm. Um, Lonzo, but no. Uh, so it's, it's too soon for him. Just, oh, okay. But, uh, uh, yeah, generally, dang. yeah, number two picks aren't good. Derek Williams. Uh, Hashim Thabit. Uh, Hashim Thabit, yeah. Um, dang. I mean, yeah. Who's number two pick in LeBron's draft? Was it Milicic? Darko Milicic? Yeah, Darko Milicic. <laughs> yeah. Dang. The one bust in the top ten. <laughs> but yeah, if you just look at the drafts over over the years, number two pick is not great. And it's funny, the Lakers had three straight number twos, but we you know, we did pretty good, all things considered. Yeah. With D'Lo, Ingram, and Lonzo? Yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree. Uh, so we've kind of talked about all the major and the under-the-radar trades that have went down so far. 
So I want to kind of go over each conference and kind of see where we're at with some of these teams. Um, recently, Toronto was on a 13-game winning streak as I wrote this down, but they won last night. Now they're on a 14-game win streak. Um, it, it's crazy how how media coverage just dictates everything because if 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 the Lakers are on a seven-game win streak, you never stop hearing about it. A 10-game win streak, it's everywhere. First take, new, uh, high noon, sports center, everywhere. Bro, the Raptors have been on this win streak for I don't know how long, and I literally just found out because I was looking at the standings. Um, it's it's kind of sad, but... Yeah, media controls everything. Milwaukee was the same way. Milwaukee won yeah. like 15 straight. Nobody was talking about it. Yeah, nobody cared. But uh, I got to sneeze. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, is Toronto serious? <laughs> Damn. Um, I, I just have a hard time believing they are, man. A lot of a couple of analysts have said, yeah, they can come out the East. They're contenders. But I, I, I don't, oh no, come out the East. Come I don't on. see it, man. <laughs> they do. They're they're really good. Okay, you got. They are. Obviously, they got championship DNAs that they won. But pretty much brought the same team back. And they keep finding these guys out of the woodworks, out of the G League and stuff that are contributing for them. So, I mean, like kudos Boucher. to their, Yeah, <laughs> Bouchier and uh, my man Matt Thomas, who was, used to play, play with the Lakers Summer League. Oh, uh, wow. Like a yeah. 45% three-point shooter. Uh, <laughs> uh, and a couple other guys. I mean, they, they develop their players, man. I, I give them a lot of credit for their, their uh, you know, their culture and their development staff. And training for sure. Staff, all that. Um, with that said, I don't. I mean, are they, what, do you, what do you mean, serious? I mean, what second round? Well, no. I mean, to me, serious means can they be a real threat in the Eastern Conference to the Milwaukee Bucks? That's what I mean by serious. Well, to the Bucks, I mean, honestly, yeah. The, the on paper, I mean, like just look at player for player. I mean, but me, this is me saying that because I don't think the Bucks are are that impressive. Like as far as players, it's oh. more so. It's it's just more so their coaching and their their system and what they got going on. Everything fits so great, and they have a you know, arguably the best player. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you look at okay, Giannis Siakam, that you know, pretty much matchup, and then you got Brook Lopez versus Marcus Hall. So, you know, similar type of veteran, stretch big that can do a lot. Uh, and then what the point guards, Kyle Lowry versus uh, Eric Bledsoe. You know, and then. You know, just go down the list. Uh, so if Milwaukee has Middleton is better than uh, any other <coughs> relative player for the Raptors. What uh, OG Ananobi or whoever else they got. Norman Powell. Norman Powell, yeah, all those guys. So that's kind of the difference is if Middleton's playing well and all their bench guys are playing how they're supposed to, just makes them clearly better. But, I mean, when you look at comparing the Raptors with the with the Bucks, I mean, if you say the Raptors are – I mean, if you say the Bucks are contenders – why not the Raptors? I mean, or if you say the Heat are contenders, why not the Raptors? I mean, it's a similar type of roster makeup. So, yeah. in a sense, I guess, yeah, it's just hard for us to believe because we just never really respected them. And people keep saying their championship was a fluke or whatever, but uh, it's a good team, man. It's a good team. Now you can kind of see why okay, you take Kawhi off. I mean, put Kawhi on that team and they, were, <laughs> they won the championship. Take mm-hmm. them off and they're still pretty good. I think the difference is... The coaching that they have, Nick Nurse, he's just that much better than Dwayne Casey. Yeah, you know, That's man. Really, the only other difference. Yeah, you know, I've, uh, I, I think I've been one of the only people that have been high on the Raptors all year. I'm pretty sure coming into the season, yeah, I thought were. that they were going to be really good. Um, you know, I for some reason I paid attention to them last year. I don't know if it's because of Kawhi or not, but it's not like I'm a Kawhi fan. But um, he he was out so many games and they won so many games without him. Um, and guys were stepping up all year, like you said, the Marcus Alls, the Serge Ibaka's, the Fred Van Fleets, the Norman Powell's, the Kyle Lowry's of the world. Like they were, they were all stepping up and playing really well. Um, and they they pretty much brought the same team back together, like you said. But also, the guys that they've developed, like that that Bouchier kid, uh, I think his name is Chris Bouchier. Mm-hmm. That kid, I, I still remember him from when he played the Lakers in November, and I was like, "Who, who the hell is this guy?" Yeah, because he was like six ten, yeah, like six ten, long, athletic. I'm just like, "Bro, like, can somebody guard this kid? Like, what the hell?" Right. Um, he, he, he he's gonna be a problem if he puts it together. He used to be on the Warriors G League. Oh, okay. Or, or, or uh, you know, one of their second round picks or something like that. I remember <clears> that name, Boucher. Yeah, and now um, Siakam is is taking a step forward. Uh, dude's putting up 30 a night, basically. I think he's, he's averaging like 25 or 26, but um, dropping 30 on people's heads. And, man, I, 
this to me, this team, this team and and the Bucks probably match up the best. I still think Miami has a better chance of beating them just because they have more veteran talent. They have Eric Spolster, they have Pat Riley, so they have that pedigree. But Toronto just won the championship last year, like you said, with most of those guys. Um, but you know, it, it'll be interesting. I think I think if if it's a Bucks and a Raptors Eastern Conference Finals, it, it'll probably go seven games. I think I think that they have a lot of guys they can throw at Giannis with with the Siakams, the Bouchiers. They can even put Serge Ibaka on them. So it'll be it'll be a super interesting series. Um, so I, I I I do think they're for real. I do think they are, which is crazy because I didn't think that they would be championship contenders like going into the season. I, I figured they'd be good, maybe you know fourth or fifth seed. But um, these guys have even uh, they they've even, they've even surpassed my own expectations of them. So kudos to them for yeah. playing hard. I think I just talked myself into saying, yeah, I do think they are serious. Because <laughs> 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 honestly, I I just I don't know what it is. I just they lost Kawhi. Like I I just have this mental block. Like no, mm-hmm. they're not. But man, you get, you got to respect it. I mean, if you win fourteen games in a row, that's you know only that's hard. contenders do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so since, since we're talking about Milwaukee so much, let's, uh, let's, let's skip this next bullet point and come back to it. So Milwaukee, obviously all year they've been the clear cut favorite to come out of the East. Now, you know, throughout the season, there's been the Miamis and now there's been the Raptors of the world. So as, as, as far as matchups go, um, who can take down Milwaukee in a seven game series in your opinion? Who can? What's ironic is I think the Sixers are probably the best matchup for the Bucks <laughs> if they could get their head out of their ass. I mean, yeah, I think they easily. I mean, they, didn't they beat them on Christmas? Like stomped them. Um, yep. And you know, a couple other games. I think they're like what two and one against Milwaukee. I have to fact check that, but I think they match up best. I mean, they got they're a huge big team, um, and. Well, they they, they just got dominated the other night, but that was because Embiid's ham was hurting, quote unquote. Uh, yeah, that's right, that's right. Embiid only had like nine points or something. Yeah. Um. So, but I, I think the Heat match up well with the Bucks if they put Adebayo on on Giannis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, the Raptors they kind of know what works against the Bucks. That's pretty much how they were able to sh- uh, sh- you know beat the Bucks last year. Is pretty much wall off Giannis, and I mean they they had Kawhi to help guard him then, but you know I think yeah. they, they pretty much know the blueprint to give him trouble. And then um, only I don't I don't see the Celtics really standing much of a chance. They don't have enough size, <clears throat> um, <coughs> and the Pacers are kind of falling off. So yeah, I mean I don't think Milwaukee is just head and shoulders above everybody like the record suggests. Yeah, I think they have found the regular season formula. I think Coach Budenholzer is just a wizard in the regular season. I mean, mm-hmm. he's done this with the Hawks. He's done this uh, already, you know, his first couple of years with the Bucks. Uh, but history has shown he does not adjust well in the playoffs. He he keeps playing his guys the same regular season rotation in the playoffs. Uh, so Giannis only play like you know thirty three minutes or whatever in the playoffs in a game seven and shit. Um, <laughs> You know that's the easy fix. Hopefully he learns from that. He you know plays his guy, you know his main guys forty minutes, uh, <clears throat> but yeah he generally doesn't adjust. And then when you look at the players, I really I give it to Giannis and Middleton is the only ones I would you know really trust to be a little battle tested. But Bledsoe just doesn't really show up in the playoffs. And Rick Lopez hasn't had a good season at all. Like shooting the three, he's shooting like twenty you know thirty percent or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know I just don't really trust the rest of their guys. I mean I'm sorry I, I don't. <laughs> I don't really. It's something about the Bucks, man. I just don't look at them. They they got to show me. That's what it comes down to. I okay. Just, I don't. They, they kind of. I don't want to say they're like the Raptors of a couple years ago, but they're kind of like, eh, like the Rockets status to me. Like, eh, oh, like I, I don't know. Like, you just got to okay. get over the hump. And, and it's yeah. not because of Giannis. He's still young, but it's just I don't think he has enough battle-tested veterans. They don't got enough dogs either. Like, it's kind of weird. I just I don't I don't believe it. Okay, what do you that's fair. Books? Is that too harsh? No, no, that's fair. I mean, if you if you look at the history of the league and, like, the teams that have won, you know, you can tell. I mean, you know, say for a few years, but <clears throat> most most championship teams have that, that identity 
being that hard nose. Um, you know, they they have some type of defensive identity, um, something like that. So, honestly, Milwaukee. I don't I don't want to say that they're a regular season team because I think that that's selling them short. I mean, they they made it to the Western Conference Finals last year. Uh, sorry, the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, the the only reason I say a team like Houston is is built for the regular season is just because of their style of play. Um, they don't play defense, um, and they are, like all they do is run and shoot threes. Whereas with the Bucks, they 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 have a different style of play with Giannis. They I mean the, the Bucks do shoot a lot of threes, but yeah, they, they can they but they 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 can uh, slow it down in the half court, um, throw it into Giannis, and Giannis has gotten a lot better this year with his jumper. He's actually relying on it a little bit more. I've seen him shoot fadeaways um, and mid-range shots, which I've never seen him shoot before. So, you know, but at the same time, I, I understand your point. Um, and I, I do think Philly would be the best matchup-wise just because they haven't beaten Horford and Simmons they can throw at, throw at Giannis. But I, I just don't believe in Philly <laughs> at all right now. So yeah. I'll stick with, with either Toronto or Miami as, like, the best matchup for them. But – I'm 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 more excited about the fact that the East won't be a runaway trophy this year for whoever. I, I think that the, the East will be a real battle now. So I'm I'm more excited for that than anything for sure. If I had to bet on one team, it st- probably still would be the Bucks. I, I I feel like Giannis is a little overdue for like him just taking that next step forward and putting his stamp on a series. Mm-hmm. He still hasn't quite dominated the series yet, you know. Right. Uh, so I'm I'm waiting for him to. You know, emerge victorious as the king of the East and, and truly put his his stamp on the league. I expect them to be in the finals. The Bucks, but but I wouldn't be surprised if it's the Raptors or the Heat, mm-hmm. or hell, the Sixers if they can get their head out their ass. They got the talent. It just doesn't make sense. It's like, well, it makes yeah. sense when you look at how they're using their roster, but they they have some solutions there. Right, and yeah, that that, that leads right into my next point of, of Philly, man. And, um, you know, Philly, Philly has been that team all year where, excuse me, where clearly they, they, they have the talent to go forward. Um, they have the talent to match up not only with the Bucks or the Raptors or the Heat, but they they got a talent to match up with the Lakers and, and the Clippers in the, in the West. I think, I think Philly would be the most dangerous team for us to play in the NBA finals, if I'm being honest. Um, but that's that's if they can get their shit together. I mean, as, as it stands right now, they have no shot at making it. But if Philly plays like the team that they're assembled to be, they could be a lot of trouble for for us in particular. But I just, you, bro, you're you're in Stan. What's what's up with your boy, man? <laughs> um, I, I I can't say Stan. He's gonna, say this, he gonna but... say this finger is the reason why he getting nine points and eleven points and going one for ten and shit. Well. If you if, if if you listen to to Shaq's take, did, did did you hear what Shaq had to say about that? I didn't know what he said. Uh, he, he basically just called him a bitch. He was just like, "Stop being a bitch and and start start playing." Like, "Oh, my little finger." Like, it, it was actually kind of funny. Um, but yeah, you know, I pretty much I feel the same way. But honestly, I feel like him and him him him, him and Ben Simmons are doing what Shaq and Kobe did, but they're not they're not putting it together on the basketball court like Shaq and Kobe did. Like yeah, Shaq, Shaq and Kobe, then they put up thirty a game. Yeah, exactly. But Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are just like no, no. <laughs> I, I, you know, yeah. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Um, you know, obviously, I think Embiid's the guy, but obviously, I've seen the team be better when it's when it's Ben Simmons playing brown ball without Embiid. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, I'm. Like, like I've said repeatedly, I've my ship has sailed on Philly. I, I don't have any confidence in them. They've absolutely got to show me. But uh, we'll see, man. We'll see. Maybe after the All Star break, when 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 they have some time, they'll they'll go on another run and they'll, they'll convince me. But as of right now, they have no shot. I feel like Embiid's coasting. I, I hope he is. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I, and I think that's kind of like their only thing I could look at is okay. Embiid's got another gear or two to go and. That could maybe be a difference, but I don't know. I'm, I'm also in show me mode. It, it'll be interesting either way. I think if uh, they flame out bad in the first round or even in the second round, I don't think just the coaching change is going to be enough. They're going to have to make some moves. Yeah, no, I agree. 
All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and end the episode here. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Current Era Pod. Again, I will have part two for you on Friday. Um, it was still a great conversation, guys. We're going to dive into the Western Conference playoff race. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of teams. Of course, we're going to talk about the Lake show. Uh, we're going to talk about Dame Lillard and how he's just been beasting lately, dropping 50 and 60. Uh, we're going to talk about Zion Williamson. I mean, the freshman sensation that's been dominating the league. He just dropped 30 last time I checked, new career high. Um, and then we're going to finish our conversation talking about the uh, NBA All-Star Weekend. They're changing the rules to honor Kobe, which should be fun. Uh, the dunk contest, three-point shootout, all of that, guys. We're going to talk about it. We're going to give our picks, and we're going to let you know who's going to win because that's what we do. Ah, Sorry. <clears throat> wow. I don't know what the hell that was. Okay. Um, again, guys, thank you so much, and I will see you on Friday.